Are we recording? We are now. Oh. Well, I'm not in charge of the recording. You know, <clears throat> once Jay gets on the mic, just hit that record button, because you never know when gold's coming out. That's what they say about old Jay. It's a good, it's a good it's policy. Cool. When Jay's around, hit that record button. You never know when you'll need it in court. Um, that's... That's not what they say. You took that. You took that an unexpected direction. I know. That's what I. That's. That's why. That's why you hit record. Because you never know. <clears throat> All right. Hey everybody, welcome to the Faith Church Podcast, and I am your steadfast, loyal, and consistent host. And joining me is Mister Pop in whenever I want to, Robbie Helene. Hey everybody, thanks for listening. Happy to pop in today. That was that was well played right there. I like how you just ignore what I you just you just roll with it. Yeah, I'm not taking that bait. Either that, or you just had your script and you have no idea what I just said. Uh, little, little of both. You've been gone forever. Uh, I'm actually here. You just don't invite me to. That is not speak no, on the podcast. False, anymore. false, false. No, Christoph is. Christoph has done the last three weeks. I think. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. I mean, he's a he is a radio professional. So he is. That's a solid, yeah, solid replacement. Yeah, we are not radio professionals. No, although clearly. I did have a call-in show in college. I was, you know, we had four listeners. Yeah. Yeah. What? What did you? Were you giving like advice? No. What's, what I guess I say call-in show. It wasn't a call-in show. Right. We did have someone call in once. Oh. No, it was a sports talk show. Some. So you had somebody call in once, right. and, and that's you went show. with. We had a call-in yeah. show. Yep. Interesting. Yep. Okay. So so I'm pretty much a professional. That was in the 90s when radio was radio. Radio was radio. I mean, they, they, they didn't just put a mic in front of, in front of any mug. No, back right? Then. Back then, you actually had to have you know a broadcast and frequency, and somebody had to make that decision to let yeah. you get in front of the microphone and broadcast out. And nowadays, anybody with a microphone, you you know, you can just upload whatever. I know. It's good news for us. And this is, right. Or you would not be listening right now. Right. Here is an example of that. Right now. You are listening to it right now. Well, it is good to have you back. Um, Thanks. Yeah, people are clamoring. They missed you. Not was because they didn't. clamor? Well. I don't think there was a yeah. clamor. Well, here's the thing. Um, I think people feel badly for Christoph when he hosts with me. Hmm. Because you you tend to deal with my ridiculousness in a different way. So I think people just, they get mad at me when Christoph and I host together. Kind of like when I host with Jeff. Well, yeah. Like, that makes sense. Yeah, because I'm clearly the bad guy in that room. But with you, meh. I just have more experience, and so I'm quicker with the parry. Ah, the parry. The, the dip. Yes. The dodge. Moving right along. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So this is this is not the banter we've... Like we're a little rusty on the banter. Are we? we? All right. Well, we'll we'll pick up steam as it goes on. This is is where we just cut this off. And then the podcast starts immediately like into it. People are like, oh, there's no banter. Well, there was banter. Yeah. So so this weekend, um, you saw some of it. You're back on the the kit or the skins, as you call them. (laughs) I don't know that I've ever called them that, but yes. Isn't that what what old jazz drummers call them? Maybe. Skins? I don't know a lot of old jazz drummers. Seriously? You don't know that that they're referred to as skins? I have heard that term before. Okay. That just doesn't happen in my circles. Oh, sorry. 
I guess. I guess I'm not welcome in your circles. You spend more time with old jazz drummers than I do, evidently. <laughs> That's that is like my type. Like I always go, you know, cruising around trying to find those old jazz drummers to hang out with, talk about the old skins. I don't. So yeah, you're doing that, and and uh, yeah. So we had a service and a sermon. We did on Acts 16, which is one of my favorite passages ever, which I mentioned. You did mention. I did you did I hear you correctly that you said your favorite? Like you said, I say I a lot of things are kind of my favorite, but I think this one is my favorite. It's my favorite in X. It's pretty awesome. Why does it why does it stand out to you like that? Um it's always stood out to me just some of the things that I mentioned in there that um that it's just this it's such a perfect illustration of you have this very unjust situation happen and Paul and Silas are not phased by it at all. And it just shows this very clear lesson that you learn throughout Acts, but this is to me just like the pinnacle of it of how how and why we are to remain faithful and not worry about the circumstances around us and not get caught up in that because if if they don't have the injustice happen to them, and if they're not worshiping God and giving thanks in all circumstances throughout that, then you don't have the incredible like conclusion to it, you know, to right. to this with with the guard being saved um, physically and then being saved for eternity. Um, and so, I just think it's a really, it's just a really powerful example of just taking the next faithful step right in front of you yeah. and realizing that even if something is unjust around you, that doesn't mean that that's not a part of God's plan. Yeah. I thought that was such an important point. I mean, yes, it's certainly illustrated in here and, and it's easy to look back and go, well, sure. If I knew that this dude's whole like generational legacy was going to be changed by me not being a jerk, then I wouldn't have been a jerk. But how do you, how do you like live in such a way? I mean, you, you, you talked about like you, you're not going to respond that way unless you are overflowing with the love of Christ, which I totally agree with. Like this isn't, it's not like I can, I can grumble and complain and be discontent all day, every day. But then suddenly if I find myself in a really sketchy situation, I'm going to respond just like Jesus. Right. So I, I, I thought it was really important that you addressed like that's, you're not going to respond like Paul responds if you're not overflowing with the love of Christ. So, so what if I hear that and I go, I don't know that I am overflowing with the love of Jesus right now. I don't know if I am. Um, I don't remember exactly how you phrased it, but like overwhelmed by his forgiveness and, and his grace in such a way that, that prepares me for that. What, 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 what's your response to, to that? Yeah. I, so this might, this might get weird. I'm going to trust you to rein me in if this gets too awesome. weird. Awesome. Sounds exciting. So I mentioned practicing the presence of God, and yeah. I think this is a critical thing. Uh, an illustration that just pops into my head is if you think about getting um, bad service at a restaurant, if you've ever been in a situation where you're out with really good friends and you're having just a great time, you're you're laughing, you're telling stories or whatever, um, bad service doesn't mean as much. Like, it's just not as big of a deal. In fact, it can add to the humor of the whole situation, the humor of the evening, the, um, but you're just, you're so filled up in, in just fellowship and the experience of being there that 
the kitchen getting your order wrong or the server taking a long time to bring you your food um, is not a big deal. Whereas other times, if that's not the case and you're feeling like maybe, maybe you're by yourself and you're just trying to grab a quick bite before you, um, you know, go back to work and you are not looking forward to going back to work and you just had a bad morning and you just got out, you know, of, of work, you took a quick lunch break and you go over to wherever and it's taking forever. Your pers- your perception of those two events and perspective changes drastically. Mm-hmm. And one is your, your cup is overflowing with just feeling loved and being, um, you know, being in relationship with those around you. And so when you're in that situation, like nothing really is going to, is going to derail that. Whereas the other, you're starting with like no margins and you're just in a, in a rough spot already. And yeah. then, and then that happens. And so the key is as simple as it sounds is like to understand that you are always, that is always available to you. Yeah. Like to fellowship with Christ through the spirit is always available. And those who are constantly aware of that, um, I have, and so this is what I was talking about getting weird. Like when I'm doing that, I will literally like kind of look up when something crazy happens or some kind of weird, you know, especially with customer service, I use that example a lot. Cause I think it's something that we all deal with. Um, and, and where I'll just kind of smile when, when just ridiculousness happens and I just kind of smile and look up and be like, okay, you, you see this right now, you know, what's going on. And I'm just reminding myself that I am abiding in Christ and saying that just gives a different perspective. And all of a sudden it's not about this particular situation or the justice or the fairness of that particular situation. This is now like, sometimes it even feels like an inside joke with the Holy spirit right here. Mm. You see this, they don't know what they're playing into, but you are doing this right now here for me to respond in a way. And, and, um, so that, that constant, but that's the thing is you can't just start that. Um, you know, when, when something bad happens, like it has to be, that has to be what you're marinating and that has to be the, the water you swim in, um, all the time. And when that is, you're able to handle those different situations as they come at you. Yeah. Cause that's actually what's on my mind. What's on my right. mind is, oh man. Christ is really extraordinary and I am really grateful for his grace today and his forgiveness of me. And when that's actually what's on the forefront of my mind, not all the things that I wish I was doing, all the things that I wish were happening, all the ways that this person is annoying me, all the ways that like, like that, it it completely changes how I hear, how I, how I receive everything that is happening to me. You know, and Tim Keller uses the parallel. um, He talks about the prodigal son the story of the prodigal son talking about the father and saying, how, how is it that the father can respond in such a gracious way in that parable to a son? And he, he makes the argument that the only way that's possible is that every time he thought of his son, he was filled with just love and longing for him so that when he sees him, that's what, that's what yeah. comes pouring out of him. Yeah. It couldn't be, that every time he thinks about him, he's like so mad at him for doing this and for stealing his inheritance and for, you know, for disowning the family and, you know, going and doing who knows what he's not stirring in that bitterness. There's no bitterness that's growing in him. There's just a longing for him. And so when he sees him and I think that's, it's just such a, just this reminder of it is, 
like who we are in the, in the normal times is all preparation and it's all rehearsal and it's practice for those times where we get the platform, you get the, the opportunity. It'd be kind of like in some ways, and here's another dumb illustration that you can cut out, but in some ways it'd be like practicing a musical instrument, you know, or like you playing the drums on Sunday. If you're like, well, I'll practice when I'm going to be on the drums. But then all of a sudden you're in the situation where you're on the drums, like, okay, well, your all your practice before then makes it so you are ready for that moment. Yeah. Like how silly would it be if somebody said, I want to be a concert violinist and I will start playing it when someone gives me the opportunity to play a concert. Right. That's nonsense. Like, no, you practice and practice and practice. And then when you have the opportunity when you're on stage, then you already know like what you're doing. And so many of us don't practice holiness. We don't practice the presence of God. We think little things are just, ah, it's not that big of a deal. That was a small, that was a small thing, small situation. But then when you actually have the opportunity on a platform, you're not ready and it feels foreign to you. And that's when we get into situations where we say, well, you can't really expect me to forgive. Well, I mean, Jesus is pretty clear. Like, yeah. And you can't really expect me to love that person. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, I can see why that feels really strange and really foreign when this is the first time you've ever really wrestled with that. But if you're practicing it all the time, then it just feels like, yeah, of course. It's interesting. As you're saying that, I'm, I'm, I'm curious. You can push back or correct this, but I'm wondering if part of why that's so difficult is we've, we've communicated our understanding of how we interact with Jesus and what pursuing him looks like using an illustration that we don't actually really understand very well. So we say, this isn't, you know, religion. It's not just like these, these things that you do. Mm, yeah. It's about a relationship. Well, the problem is we think relationships shouldn't require any work, right? So we, we get this mentality of like, well, if it's a, a good relationship, will just happen naturally. And so, you know, I'm just waiting for these things to just kind of happen naturally because it's not religion, it's a relationship. The reality is any healthy relationship requires an extraordinary amount of time and effort. Like for that relationship to be good and healthy and close and intimate, like that takes a lot of effort. But then there's there's also elements where, yes, it is it is highly relational, but it also requires a lot of really like specific habits um, like I need a good relationship with the band and I need to be really good at playing my instrument. And both of those things take work. Uh, both of those things take effort. And, and I'm, I just wonder if we've, we've kind of trapped ourselves in this idea of like practicing. It sounds weird because that sounds like you're, you know, like it's just religion and I'm just supposed to do these things, but it's supposed to feel like a relationship, but we're forgetting right. And you should be doing that in your relationships too. Yeah, I know. And that's, that's always the tension, right? Like the, the works and the practice and discipline and all these things. The, the reality is, is all those things can be communicated and understood in a, a, a God honoring way or in a way that is not God honoring. And the reality is that you're right. Do we have to, you know, you have to practice communicating. I mean, my wife and I have to talk and we have to, and if we haven't really communicated for a while, we're rusty when it comes back and we're not always on the same page. And 
those kinds of things take time. But unfortunately, um, we tend to think you're right. Like, I, I think that's a really good parallel. I think that we don't understand what we even say about what, what about it being a relationship. And, and so we think of spending time as just is reading the Bible detached from communing with Christ and communing with the spirit, um, or going to church, but detached from actual communing with him. And, it's strange because that would be like saying, yeah, yeah, no, I know a date night is really important with my wife. And so I show up at the same restaurant that she's at and that's the most important thing. Well, that's a really important thing. Like showing up at the same restaurant that she's at, that makes that significantly easier. But then if we just sit and we're on our phones the whole time and not communicating and we, we eat and we go home, that's not, it's not really developing the relationship at all. Right. And, I just wonder how often we do that. We read the Bible in a very similar way. We go to church in a very similar way and we don't really know what we mean by abiding. And, and here's the fruit of it. We tend to, you know, one of the evidences is right now people are dealing with all kinds of situations that we did not, um, we did not think we would be dealing with 10 years ago, right? Like there's, cultural issues and how do you, how do you deal with this situation or that situation? Um, and, and what I find are, are people who are abiding in Christ, people who are, have this kind of relationship when they get faced with something like that, they're already kind of 70% of the way there, 80% of the way there. They're just like processing through this in the heart and the spirit of Christ versus somebody who then says, okay, well, like, what's the answer to this? Like, what do I do in this situation? And I'm trying to find, you know, the proof text or whatever to say, this is what you do. So, you know, when, when the school that your child goes to teaches this, this is what you do. When your child's friend says this to them, um, this is what you do. And that just demonstrates like, have you, are you walking with Jesus or are you just living according to these principles that Mm -hmm. you have created, you know, or that you think you've understood, which has been a common theme, right? Lately. I feel like it certainly has because that, that feels more tangible and yeah. less nebulous. Cause if you say like, well, if you're following Jesus and listening to the Holy spirit, then you'll know. And for a lot of us, it's like, that's, I mean, that's like the least concrete answer, the least practical answer in some respects. I, I would argue in other, <laughs> from another perspective, it's the most practical answer, but it feels like a, a really intangible it, it feels like a non-answer is what it, in some respects yeah and i think what happens is we feel like our fear is that then it's an untethered right response so so i'm just supposed to do whatever the spirit says to me and like that could be anything you know and like, nope, well, then i guess it's the holy spirit right exactly i mean that's the thing is that it's our fear that well then which is similar okay so the fear is well, then people are just going to do all kinds of things and say, you know, like there's no anchor, there's no tether. And, um, and I, I, I would say that's the same argument that people used to use about preaching that, you know, we are saved by, by grace alone, like, you know, through faith alone. And people say, well, if you, if you declare that, if you just say like, it's just grace, it doesn't matter what you do, then people are just going to like, just going to do whatever, do whatever they want. And the argument then was, well, not if they're actually saved. Right. Not if the conversion is right. It's still right. So yeah. And so that's the same argument that like, well, if somebody says, well, God told me to, 
you know, to embezzle money from my company and run away with, you know, someone that's not my wife. Well, that's obviously no, but sure. Somebody could do that. Just like somebody could say, well, I prayed a prayer when I was eight. And so I'm good, even though there's no fruit in my life at all. Right. You can say that, but, but the person who is transformed, um, won't say that and won't do that. And I think understanding then, and that's been part of this thing, you know, going back to the idolatry of the Bible of saying that is not devaluing scripture. Like I want to honor scripture and value it like as this beautiful gift that it is from God. It's because of scripture that we learn how he talks. And so there are, you know, if I go out on a date with my wife, there are some basic rules that I probably shouldn't ever break. And, but that doesn't mean that it's the, it's obeying those rules that, um, that honor her. Right. If, if I'm just doing it and being like, what do you want? What do you want from me? I opened the door for you. I paid for your meal. You know, I listened to everything you said. Like if that's my response or whatever, I don't think it's going to be a very fulfilling date. No. Um, so it's, it's not less than those things, right? Right. But it's certainly right. far more than those things. And that's what I keep trying to get at with, with scripture is it's not, it's not less than God's word. Like it's, I mean, it's not, this is how we know how God speaks and how he interacts with his people. And that helps immensely in knowing, okay, is God telling me to steal money from my company? Well, I think if you've been immersed in God's word, you would know that does not sound like something the spirit would say. Well, I think I think that's I think that's really important that <laughs> evidently that stumped you. Uh, <laughs> wait a second, it's not. Wait a minute, <laughs> wait a minute. I'm quickly scrolling down, like double check what you thought the Bible said about stealing <laughs> money from the company. Note to self. Um, no, like they're they're. I mean, that's that's such a uh, unfortunately unusual perspective, right? Of you know, well, if you just listen to the Holy Spirit, uh, then everything comes off the rails, like. Like that's that communicates something about our trust in God, right? And and His ability and the ability of His Spirit to align with His own Word and to guide us where we believe that He is capable of guiding us, right? I mean, because the alternative is, well, you can't trust that Holy Spirit, or this whole thing's going to go crazy. Like, so we need to keep control of this, and we need to, like, what's the alternative, right? If it's not listening to God and following God. Right then what is the alternative? Well, we know what's best. We have to follow our own rules and our own guidelines. And uh, and that seems way more trouble. I mean, talk about how to come off the rails as quickly as possible. That is what is going to lead to chaos and division and disunity and, and accidental or overt disobedience and rebellion against God, not listening to his spirit that dwells within us. Um, and I think do, doing so answers an important question that uh, that I think was implicit in in your sermon as well on Sunday when you talked about circumstances being the platform. Um, I thought that was really important and that idea of the very th- we're often working against what God is is trying to build uh, in order to be a platform for us to communicate. And my thought was, um, you know, so what about those of us in here who think, you know, we'll see you're saying I should never change my circumstances. Like no matter how terrible they are, I should never change my circumstances because God might be building that platform. I think that goes right back to, well, what is, what's the Holy Spirit communicating to you? Like what is the spirit of God 
which is going to affirm everything that he wrote in his word communicating to you about this thing and and sometimes the answer is going to be no you should not try to change your circumstances and sometimes his response is going to be yeah we need to we need to change these circumstances and i and i only i'm not going to know that by flipping to like you know zephaniah 118 like i'm I'm going to know that by listening to the word of god spoken by the spirit of god and and then and then allowing other people in my community to hear that. And I share that with you and say, hey, man, I, just, I feel like this is what the Spirit of God is telling me that you then can speak into that. And be like, yeah, man, that does sound like something he would say. Or, bro, you he would never say that. And here's why we can be assured that he would never lead you down that path. Um, and then when we're doing that, like, that's what allows a Paul, you know, that you brought up. Like, Dude, if I live, awesome. If I die, sweet. Like, what? Right. What difference does it make? Like, if uh, if my circumstance, I'm going to ask God. I'm going to try to change my circumstances, and if it changes for the better, praise God. And if it doesn't, praise God. That means He's got a reason for me to be in this circumstance. Right, and that right there, that's the key. Is that it's not about just saying, "Well, then um, let's just let everything happen." So people can take that as far as you think about our country, and just think, "Well, then does that mean that we don't we don't vote for candidates that we think are going to, you know." make good laws that we think are good for the country or, you know, whatever. And that, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that we hold all of those things loosely, right? I'm saying that, yes, we pursue faithfulness. If Paul would have not been arrested and beaten, like, let's say that the guy, you know, those guys take him before the magistrates and the magistrates have a different response, which there are different responses in acts. And if the, if mag- the magistrates said this time said, Hey, look, we don't really want to get involved in this because we've seen the things that this guy's done. And if he's connected with God, we do not want to be messing with it. So leave him alone. It's not like Paul would have said, no, 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 no. you got to throw me in prison because right. I can't right. share the gospel unless I'm in prison. Persecute me, please. Right. No, he would have just said, okay, great. Awesome. I'm going to keep preaching the gospel. Yeah. And that's, that's the key. And I think part of that relationship too, here's the other thing I would say is that I think we underestimate the ability to actually ask the Holy Spirit, what, like, just to pour out what we actually want and what we're thinking. So here's an example. Let's say somebody is in a bad work situation. They're poorly treated by their boss. Um, they're taken advantage of. They don't have any room for advancement. And they're thinking, like, man, should I change jobs? Well, the question would be, okay, well, what does God want you to do? Well, part of the way you discern that is, well, if you're, if you're, if your whole heart of, well, why I want to change jobs is because I just think I want to make more money or, you know, something like that, you might, you might say, well, that's not the, that's not the best motivation, but it's not wrong to want to take a job that offers more money. That is in, inherently is not wrong. Um, but what you can do is actually tell the Holy Spirit, Hey, I, I want a new job and I don't know if that's what you want for me or not. And there are other jobs that I think I would like. I think I would like doing that better. That pays more. I would have better hours. And that seems really inviting. And that's, that's what I think I want, but I don't know. I don't know what you have for me. And so whatever you have for me, I I'm, I'm content with because what I want is you. And I, I mentioned that, does that make sense that, and we just don't, yeah we don't do that because we think there is a right or wrong answer and we're afraid of praying the wrong thing. 
I've had you know people say, well, I don't want to pray for that because what if that's not what God wants for me? Well, tell him that. Yeah. Tell him, I think I want that. But also, if you're afraid of praying that because you don't think that's what God wants for you, why are you pursuing that thing that you think is something God doesn't want for you? Right. Well, I think we do that. We kind of do that under the cover of darkness. We're like, well, I know I really shouldn't want that because right. that job has pays more. And that means I'm pursuing the love of money. That's why you process that out with him. That's why you right. tell him, you know, because we're always a mixed bag, right? Like we're always... There's always going to be something about every situation that we could be pursuing for sinful ways and or for sinful reasons. So to, there were many times in my life where I've just, I put that out there and I'm like, look, I, I want this thing. And I don't know if you, I don't know if that's what you want for me or not. I trust your desire. Like what you want for me is what I really want. But right now that's, that feels like this thing over here. Um, and, and so I can't, I can't, separate out uh, like when we moved here and we had to choose between like moving here or moving to New York we one of the things about there there were like positive things and things about each situation that made us think and kind of fed into our fleshly desires right yeah. so we love we love the city I think we would have loved living there but then when we thought about moving here we're like well we also could buy a house like in New York, we were going to be in a thousand square foot apartment with our family, but here we get to have a house. And so then I started thinking like, oh man, that's wrong of me to like want to go somewhere because you can have a house and like, oh, it's wrong of me to mm-hmm. want to go somewhere because it sounds like fun to live there. And I started realizing like how I'm painting God out to be this kind of disgruntled, grumpy father right? who's just like, look, I got a job for you to do. Quit complaining about the circumstances. Like just go do it. And he's not, he wants to give good gifts in there. Because if I like it, it's wrong. Right. If I like it, it must not be, if I want to do it, it must not be what God's calling you to do. Then the other ditch is just because I like it doesn't mean it's right. Exactly. And the only way you can know that is in communing and saying, and just laying all that out there, which is what we did when we were praying about where are we supposed to go? And Lauren, I've shared the story many times here in the church, but Lauren changed her prayer. We stopped praying, God, show me where you want us to go. And Lauren started praying, I, I just want more of you. Where are you? I just want to be with you. And as we, um, meaning Jesus. Such a great prayer. Like, but yeah. And I, so once we started praying that, we were just abiding in him. And then our heart started to become more drawn towards Wisconsin. And we realized like, okay, we started, our desires actually started to shape. All of a sudden the pros and the cons and all this stuff, they started fading away and our desire became for Wisconsin and for the people here. And, and, and because we were abiding in Christ and pursuing him in that, we felt a lot of peace. We felt very, a lot of confirmation. And then once we made the the decision and we were right on the brink of it, God was so kind and gave just lightning bolt type confirmations that just felt like a gift from him the whole way. And if we had been trying to make that decision in the flesh and just our pros and cons list, our hearts would have never really gotten on board with what he was calling us to do. I don't think, I think it would, we just would have been torn the whole time, whatever we would have decided. I think he would have still brought us here, but we would have been torn about it. And, um, I think part of the gift that God gives us is that as we step in faithful obedience to him, then he gives us a lot of times will give us gifts of assurance, but not always like signs beforehand. A lot of times it's kind of after the fact, but regardless, 
that's a rambly way of saying, be honest with the spirit. And he's not surprised. Like Jesus is not surprised by anything. He's not going to be like, Oh, you want more money. I, that is shocking. Right. I told you not to do that. And you now you said you that are. out loud. Right. I would have never, never known. would have never known. Of course he knows. So pray that and say, I, I don't know if this desire for money or for this job that pays better. I don't know if that's because I think money will solve all of my problems or if it's just because it's actually a gift from you to be able to support my family in a, in a different way. Like I just tell him, I don't know. I don't know which one it is. Yeah. Well, and I can piggyback on that. I think one of the important things that we should see in that scenario is, you know, Lauren, Lauren praise that prayer where, where will there be more of you that leads you to Wisconsin that does not mean there's more God in Wisconsin than there is in some other state, right? Because we immediately want to go to, oh, so that was the right decision. Therefore, moving to Wisconsin must be a more godly decision than moving to New York. And to be able to take that step back and say, listen, like when Christoph, uh, you know, we uh, a couple of weeks ago taught on... Uh, you know, Paul, Paul trying to go into Asia and the Holy Spirit says, nope, that's not because it's wrong to preach the gospel right. in Asia. That's because Paul was not supposed to do that. God sent other people to do that. For other people, he said, you're not allowed to go to Galatia. You need to go to Asia. So as he's drawing you to Wisconsin because he has more of himself for you here, he's drawing someone else to New York because he has more of himself for them there. So just to to remember as we're doing, the reason that we have to do this is because most of these decisions that we're making are not objective right or wrong decisions. Is it good or bad to move to this state? Is it right or wrong to make this job change? Is it right or wrong? It's, I don't know. Is What's God doing in you? What's the platform that he's building in you? Where is he leading you? What is the path that he has you on? And for you guys, that answer was, you'll find more of me along this path. So are you willing to follow me to this location? And for some people, I know that that feels like, ah, oh, but I just, I want to know the right. the right and the wrong. But that's not how God functions because there's not... He has us all on different paths. Yes, toward the same end. He's making us all look more and more like Jesus and conforming us into, you know, those of us who belong to him, he's conforming into the image of Jesus. But he has a lot of different paths, a lot of different avenues, a lot of different ways that he is accomplishing that in us. Right. And But the, the way that he does it is that we abide in him. Right. Which there's a lot of roads right. that end up, like wherever he's taking you as far as geographical roads. And, you know, I think when you when you're talking about that it just makes me think I, I was just talking with one of my kids about how something can be sin for one person and not for another person and we really miss this and like we don't we cannot possibly get into the frame of mind of first century jewish christians <laughs> that all of the things that Jesus seemed to be wishy-washy on are the things that they thought were the biggest deals. And then right. Paul is dealing with this and how much of the new Testament is written in the context of conflict over, well, are we supposed to do a or B and Paul most of the time is saying it's, it's not an either a or B it's listening to the spirit and doing what Jesus is commanding you to do. 
I mean, circumcision could not have been a, I mean, circumcision is a major issue. And Paul says, you don't have to be circumcised. And then has Timothy circumcised. Right. I know. I love that. It's so great. Like, it's just like, I will fight to make sure that you do not require circumcision. Hey, Timothy, you should probably get circumcised. (laughs) I mean, it's, he's not being wishy-washy. We project that because we create false dichotomies. The issue is being faithful to Jesus. It's not about this particular, you know, law of which most of the things when Paul is settling these debates, he's like, look, some of you are fine to eat meat. Some of you definitely should not eat meat. Some of you should get circumcised. Others of you definitely should not get circumcised. Um, some of you worship on this day or on that day. Like, that's fine. I don't care who you're baptized by. Like most of the time when they are like yeah. having these big debates over, well, we are the side that believes this thing and we're the side that thinks you should do this thing. And Paul's like, I'm not with either of right. you. I don't care. Do you love Jesus? Right. Are you doing, are you obeying what he said? Yeah, and he's trusting you. If you are abiding in Jesus and listening to the Holy Spirit, then I believe that you will be, you'll be led into all truth because you know why? Because Jesus said that was going to happen. Yeah. And so even when he has says something cheeky, like, you know, I know you and I both like to point out when he says like, and if any of you disagree, I am faithful that God will show this to you, show you that you're wrong. Basically. Um, you definitely could read in that cheekiness. I definitely do. It also, I think is, is earnest and serious. Like you can be cheeky and serious. Like, because I believe that the Holy spirit is dwelling in you. I'm confident that he's going to lead you into truth in this. And he's going to, like, I trust him. I trust him more to lead you in the right way. Yeah. And so I think as we, as we kind of walk in this is going back full circle to the, like, well, how, how do we make sure we're ready? Like this, it's all this, it's the day to day, all the stuff that we think is meaningless, all the stuff that we think is small, small things become big things and listening to Jesus in the small things, like in, in this moment that I respond to my child, in this moment that I respond to the the cashier at the, at the grocery store, in this moment that I respond to this driver on the road, like every single one of those is practicing. And we are either practicing abiding in Christ and, and deepening that relationship with him, or we're practicing listening to our flesh and seeing ourselves as autonomous and as God and, and kind of hardening ourselves to the voice of the spirit. Hmm. Yeah, it's really good. And that's, that's something that I need help in. If you're listening and you feel like you need help in that, we want to help you in that. So if you're, if you hear this and you feel excited and motivated and think, yes, I want, I, I want more of Jesus. I want to make decisions based on what will help me have more of Jesus uh, and and you struggle with what that looks like, please reach out. Uh, you can email us at connect at faithpeshtigo.com. You can grab us on a Sunday morning. If you have our number, you can call us. You can text us. There's so many ways, so many ways to track us down. And, uh, and we want you to do that because we want to hear how we can be praying with you and for you, how we can help you in, in your journey of abiding in Christ um, and we want to hear stories from you of ways that you're doing that that have been transformative for you because we want to be able to help others based on how God is helping you. So uh, share share your wins with us as well. And in the meantime, grace and peace to you. Mm-hmm.